You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Happy Saturday and welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Best of the Week podcast. I'm host and audio producer of the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, Stephen Serta. It is game day in Chiefs Kingdom as the Kansas City Chiefs take on the Chicago Bears later this afternoon. It's preseason game number one, so let's get you caught up on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network before the Chiefs take the field today at noon. We'll start things off with the Arrowhead Pride Editor's Show. They've got some questions they'd like to have answered in Saturday's preseason game. After that, we'll follow things up with the Out of Structure podcast. The guys discuss some players that they think will live up to the training camp hype. We'll follow that up with the Great British Chiefs show. They discuss some expectations for Saturday's preseason debut. After that, we'll take a quick time out when we get back coast-to-coast, discuss some players to watch, and then we'll finish things up with Show and BK as they talk about the training camp darling Isaiah Pacheco and whether or not we're buying into the hype. We're getting you prepared for the Chiefs' first preseason game today at noon. Make sure you stay locked into the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. I will be live with Rocky Magana immediately following the game on the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. That's all coming up on today's Arrowhead Pride Best of the Week. Back here on the Arrowhead Pride Editor's Show, Pete Sweeney, John Dixon, and now we bring in the Arrowhead Pride audio producer, Steve Serta. Steve, before we got on, Lily, it sounded like Lily, by the way, his dog sounded like she was upset about something. It has everything calmed down behind the behind the glass? <laughs> yeah. Now she's laying right in front of my desk, just snoring. You can't hear her snoring, but you could hear her uh, freaking out when somebody else was walking a dog down the hallway in my apartment. See, building. A lot of people have wind guards on their their mics. Steve with his dog has a snore guard and uh, we're happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John, uh, we'll get started with you. Uh, you. You know, you've got a lot of the the experience here, so we'll, we'll go with you first. Uh, what is your burning question heading into preseason game number one? Uh, there's been a lot of talk about uh, not much talk about Trent McDuffie in this uh, this training camp uh, period that mm-hmm. we're being through uh, that we're going through because, uh, you know, he's a cornerback. Uh, the headlines always go to the wide receivers. And if you're a good cornerback and Patrick, the Patrick Mahomes isn't throwing the ball your way, you don't make the reports coming out of training camp because he's going to a different receiver. That's more open. So sometimes no news is good news, but there's still a question in people's minds. And we also know that McDuffie as a smaller corner is going to be most effective when he can really hit people. So I'm very interested to see what he looks like against uh, the stronger competition of a real game, if you can call a preseason game a real game. At least they're hitting each other. Yeah. And uh, see if that makes a difference in what we see from him. And and maybe it'll make people, uh, you know, a little less anxious about it. 
I think Trent McDuffie had quieter start to camp. Didn't look as good as I I thought he should look as a first rounder. I know that look everybody has has growing pains in the NFL. Uh, MVS with his size was picking on him a little bit, and I think in recent days he has looked a bit better uh, at training camp. And, and look, that happens with with any any rookie. I I think it is a little interesting that Joshua Williams has seemed to get more press than McDuffie has, and that could change in in this game setting. The Chicago Bears, by the way, have some taller receivers. So speaking of being undersized, Byron Pringle, who, who we know well, six feet one. Uh, Equinemius St. Brown, I believe, is 6'5". Nikhil Harry, who came over from the, the Patriots, is 6'4". Uh, so perhaps we will see McDuffie against some of these taller receivers in one-on-one situations. I think that's going to be important for his confidence to do well when he is against mm-hmm. a, a taller yeah. NFL receiver because you you are an undersized cornerback. So let's see how you fare in in, in those practice reps. I will say this about McDuffie too, because we've talked a ton on the training camp reports about how it seems like we're just not talking about him. And when we mm-hmm. do talk about him, it's kind of negative. I think he's the kind of cornerback where he needs game action. Like he yeah. needs game action for you to really evaluate yeah. what you have in him because right. he likes playing physical off the line of scrimmage. He likes bumping and trying to slow those guys getting into their routes. And you don't always see that when you're just playing against your teammates because you don't want guys to get chippy and be like, why are you playing me all physical off the line of scrimmage, man? We're on the same team. And so it's hard to get that style of play in practice. And so I think it's really important for him to see that in the game. All right, Steve, we'll we'll stick with you. What is your first burning question heading into the preseason? Uh, John went with the cornerbacks and I'm going with the wide receivers. And it's really just... I want to get an answer to some of the wide receiver depth uh, on this team. And, you know, you've talked about Justin Watson a ton, and we think Darius Fountain is going to be a member of this team uh, solely probably because of his special teams ability. But I I want to see how they're going to utilize them. I want to see how they're going to deploy them. And I know preseason game one, probably not going to see a ton of MVS, probably not going to see a ton of Juju Smith-Schuster, but we could see a lot of McCole Hardman. Like we could yeah. see a lot of Sky Moore. We could see a lot of these other guys who are who are really trying to fight for roster spots, like a Josh Gordon. So I'm just curious how they deploy them, and, and curious if we can get a, an answer a little bit more to how they might actually rotate this group of guys during the regular season. Because even if it's even if the starters only play a, a series, I still think that you can take something away from the way they rotate the rest of the group. This is just my opinion, and I alluded to it before, but I, I think Watson is making the club. And so now you're talking about four or five guys vying for the one spot. And I think this game, to your point, Steve, is key because as you go along here, the Chiefs' first-team offense, typically what Andy Reid will do is he'll give the first-team offense the first half next game. And in the third game, typically they'll go into what is the third quarter. So there'll be less and less opportunity for those depth spots, once you get past what is is game one, and man, I I think Josh Gordon needs to go out and have a good game Saturday. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I think yeah. that that he knows from. Did you guys hear that press conference today? I I'm I'm sitting there, and this guy does not think he's making the roster. I mean, I'm telling you that. I I can mm-hmm. I can sense it, and I think he knows how important. Saturday's game is for him you know you talk about a, a gamer I think he needs to make a, a couple plays and maybe not even just 
for Kansas City, but maybe he's, you know, they, they say that everyone watches the preseason all across the league. Maybe he's auditioning, if he is, cut by the Chiefs to, to land with somebody else. I think that's a great point, Pete, because I thought the same thing when Steve mentioned Josh Gordon when he was bringing up his point. It's like, oh, there's a guy mm-hmm. that we haven't seen in a preseason game. Uh, and, uh, you know, we didn't he wasn't on the team a year ago when these preseason yeah. games were coming up. And this really could be a great opportunity for him to show what he's capable of doing, not just for the Chiefs, but maybe, as you said, for another team. I'm a little concerned about Fountain because of this weird mm. injury situation that he's going through. Well, you know, they said it was a groin one day, and then the next day it was a finger injury, and he had to get mm. x-rays, and then he came back on the field the next day. And then today, yeah, he worked all the way through practice yesterday, and then today he's on the sidelines again. Got the groin again, yeah. Yes. It, this, this has been a weird situation. It went yeah, groin, very finger, yeah. and then back to the to the groin. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm not sure. I, I I'm, I can look into this tomorrow, but I'm I'm not sure if it's the same side. I, I imagine it is, but I don't know that definitively. But you're right. Yeah. Fountain is a player, and I saw this in OTAs when he was missing OTAs, and we didn't really know why. He's a player that needs to be on the field if he's going to make it. Yes. Team, right? Absolutely. Like, Fortson actually could stay on the, the PUP and, and maybe not even play to the third game. I think he's on the roster. Fountain needs to be on the field. I think Corey Coleman has had his moments at camp and Cornell Powell actually has had his moments at camp. And so I'm also sort of curious as to what they do, but you're right, Steve. I, I think the depth wide receivers, this game is, is very key for them. My first question is what are we going to see at first team right tackle? What are we going to see at second team right tackle? Because mm-hmm. this has been a, a situation where we went into camp thinking that it would be Andrew Wiley versus the fifth round uh, pick Darian Kennard. And there had been those, those rumblings nationally could Kennard win this job. I remember saying on this show, man, it feels like he's even the favorite and it really hasn't been the case. Andrew Wiley held the spot uh, and was the only right tackle that the first team saw until two days ago when Jaron Christian got in the mix and got an opportunity at right tackle. And then I saw a weird rotation on what was Monday's look today uh, and it was Wiley sliding in to right guard and allowing Christian to uh, play right tackle for half the first team series. And what was odd about that was Trey Smith was coming off the field. And I'm pretty damn sure Trey Smith is the starting right guard. So I think they're starting to try to maybe get Wiley rotating a bit more because maybe he isn't going to be the starter and maybe they want him to be this ultimate swing guy. Remember, he can play left tackle, left guard, right guard, right tackle. Uh, and I think they are high on on Jaron Christian. And we'll see if Kennard maybe begins to get in that mix. Right now, he's predominantly just been that second team right tackle. So this Wiley-Christian battle is suddenly emerging. And I'm curious as to see how the, the Chiefs operate it with, with it on Saturday. It seems like I make this point all the time, but the Chiefs love Andrew Wiley. <laughs> I know. And I do. think that's always something to remember when we're having this conversation. It's very is- yeah, is that they love this guy. They love his attitude. He's coachable. Uh, he does what he's told. He he works hard to be versatile. It could be just as simple as that. They wanted to give him some snaps at guard. So he's had some snaps at guard recently in practice, and it's got nothing to do with anything else. But it might not mean that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I think it's fair to ask that question. And uh, it, it will be interesting to see how how this game plays out in, in that respect. 
uh, maybe we'll have an entirely different idea of what's going on after we see this game. But I always, you know, keep it in the back of my head that the that Andy Heck and the Chiefs love love them some Andrew Wiley. And I think that informs a lot of decisions here. Yeah, and he's got an underrated Twitter. I just pulled it up, and, and recently he's tweeted a <laughs> whole lot of swinging and banging, hashtag UFC 271, officially 0-1 in credit card roulette. So he had a – he got looks like he, he got a, a new trading card, and he tweeted out, bing bong, this was leading into camp. And I've said it before, but his Twitter profile says his Madden rank does not define him. Uh, Madden is not kind to uh, Mr. No. Riley when it comes no. to, to his, the ratings, no. but he, he doesn't care. He look, he, he's, he's got a, a great Twitter. He loves video games. And, uh, and look, we're, we're rooting, we're rooting for Andrew Wiley. I don't know if he's necessarily the, the strong point of, of the chiefs mm-hmm. offensive line. Sure. But I, I, look, his best role is in this emergency pinch. You can put him anywhere. Right. I mean, right. ideally yeah. he's your sixth offensive, sixth offensive lineman, but Hey, they're given an opportunity to, to, to keep that position. Uh, I had mentioned that he started that really it was against the New Orleans Saints where he just had to play there due to injuries. And he's been pretty reliable for the Chiefs. Like, obviously not the most ideal player at, at that position. You know, you, you'd maybe want to be a little bit better there, but a, a reliable player for the for the Chiefs. All right, John, we'll swing back to you for another question heading into preseason game one. Um, yeah, um, when we go into this season, we thought that the Chiefs are going to make a lot of moves at defensive end. They said they were going to, and that's what yeah. Brett Beach said. And we got a first-round defensive end. Okay, that's a big move, right? Yeah. But we didn't see a lot of other stuff until uh, until Carlos Dunlap came on the scene here, just like in the last week. So I've always been wondering if the Chiefs were expecting a lot more production than we knew were, was possible with players like Malik Herring and Joshua Kando. So that's yeah. my question here is this is an opportunity for these guys to get some real snaps. We haven't mm-hmm. seen Herring at all. Herring um, and Kando, to your point, have had quiet camps. And yeah. people so, were especially optimistic about Herring, maybe less so about Kando. But yeah. Kando, you heard more about last year. This is a raw player we'll see in year two. Right. Now we're in mm-hmm. year two, and you're not really hearing uh, right. about him. Well, and there may be reasons for that that we're not aware of. But uh, so this is an opportunity for them, just like Josh Gordon. This is an opportunity for them to get into a situation where they can play at game level mm-hmm. and go after guys, even if they're the third string guys on another team and show what they can do. So I'm very interested to see about that, because in the back of my mind, I was thinking the Chiefs were expecting more production out of them than we saw last year. In Herring's case, the bar was set very low because he was injured the whole time. But uh, Kando did get some time uh, even in the regular season. So I'm very interested to see what they do. It is curious because uh, Kando is a guy they drafted, but Malik Herring was a guy that you know, had a little bit of hype around him coming in mm-hmm. to oh, yeah. training camp. Yeah. Because, he, looked, he looked great during OTAs. Yeah, and he's he's a player who you know what was a higher prospect than, than he wound up being coming into the NFL. Like He had a higher ceiling, a lot of people thought. And it just doesn't seem like it's manifested now. So I, I think it, it is interesting that he's a player we have not talked about at all. And yeah, we, you like you mentioned, we were talking about him a ton during OTAs. And I guess Kane does just not somebody I ever expected that much from. And if you got anything from him, you were like, awesome. Like that's mm-hmm. cool from a late round draft pick. <laughs> that's right. 
All right, Steve, we'll stick with you for your next question. So my, mine kind of has to do with that defensive end position too. And really it's just, is George Karloff just going to be the starter opposite of Frank Clark? Um, right. I, I know they're working Carlos Dunlap in slow. And so maybe it's too early to feel like we have a definitive answer there because maybe mm-hmm. they're going to keep doing this where he's going, they're really going slow. He's a veteran and they know he can pick up the defense. So they don't want to overwork him in training camp. But I think if you bring in a player like what Carlos Dunlap has done in his career and what he did last season on one of the worst defensive lines in football in Seattle, if George Karloftis can still manage to be the starter with Dunlap being like a rotational player, I think that says a lot about what they think of George Karloftis. And I know he's a first round draft pick, but if he can actually hold off Carlos Dunlap and be the starting defensive end come week one of the NFL season, I think Chiefs fans should be really excited about that. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think I think what you'll see is is Karloftis getting some time there. I, I don't know how much we we should be talking when it comes to Karloftis and Clark and, and not mentioning Dana. And I know like maybe they maybe that'll make Chiefs fans roll their eyes, but I think Dana's gonna get what might equate in a rotation type of thing of of a lot of defensive end snaps this year. And something I've noticed, and, and this is if you're up at camp, you've probably noticed this too. This new Joe Cullen line is a little bit more multiple uh, looks than it might have been for the daily line. And you've seen multiple defensive ends lining up at once in different positions. Sometimes they'll kick Dana inside. Sometimes you see Chris Jones outside. You know, they, they've really been mixing it up so as to, to make sure that the offensive line really can't predict who's coming where. You know, are they doing stunts? Mm-hmm. Is, there, is there a games situation happening along the line and so dana is a player that's interesting to me too not the sexiest name but we just talked about it before he wants to have five or six sacks this year and like we said how much they love andrew wiley on the defensive line they or on the defensive side they really like mike mm-hmm. yeah. as we kind of get into the into this uh the pod more we'll definitely talk about more of the positions because i think these next couple segments will kind of preview some of the other positions we could talk about that are kind of on the bubble here and so we're going to go into some superlatives here, fellas, kind of a way to, you know, preview what's going on this year, um, whether it's right now or, or kind of future projection. And right now I want to hear from, uh, I want to hear from you guys, Christian, I'll start with you. If you have one, let me know. Cause I definitely have a good one. I want to start off with here. If I can go most, li- most likely to live up to the training camp hype. I'm going to go for it, man. I think it's sky more. I, I do. Whoa. I think, I do think, um, and you know, and, and when I say training camp hype, maybe I should clarify, like, I don't think he's going to like, maybe if some people think he's going to be the best receiver on the team, you know, not that, not that hype. He's not living up to that hype maybe. Um, but I do think he is good enough to earn a role in the offense and maybe even push some, some other players from having as big a role as they maybe thought previously. Right. I think, you know, we've seen him lately getting these handoffs from the backfield, you know, running these counter plays too. Um, I kind of mentioned, you know, on Twitter at the beginning of camp that, could he be used in a uh, halfback hybrid role? Kind of like we've seen, you know, guys like Debo Samuel most famously. But, I mean, even in, in, in you know, with the Chiefs, I mean, Tyreek Hill's been using that role earlier in his career. So I, I think in terms of earning a position on the offense and being an impact player and being a guy that, you know, we're all going to at the end of the year be like, man, they the offense, you know, really needed him to be a, a weapon. And, like, really, you know, I think Sky Moore is going to be a, a very impactful player for the offense this year. I think he does live up to that kind of hype. Any thoughts? 
No, that's if if Sky Moore comes out in year one and puts up the numbers that he's thinking about putting up and it makes the impact that is kind of playing all over the field, giving Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes just another option to just another kind of, you know, quiver or arrow in the quiver, you know, like right. it's that team is going to explode because right now he's wide receiver four. And if you're wide receiver four, he's wide receiver four. <laughs> we'll get to it later, Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> here's the thing is, here's the thing is, is that right now he is wide receiver four. Does he end up being wide receiver four? I'm not so sure. And that's the thing is now he, he's, he's a little undersized to be in that Debo Samuel role. Doesn't mean the Chiefs aren't going to try to utilize him in that because he's still bigger like, than Jerry on you know, for instance. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing that that's kind of, you got to think about also though, what rookie wide receiver has found success and in Andy Reid's offense. I went back and looked at it a few different times. And the two wide receivers in in the history of Andy Reid being a head coach in the NFL in their rookie seasons that actually had, we'll say, success as over 700 yards receiving on the season, there's been two of them, Deshaun Jackson and Jeremy Macklin. Now, both of those guys were that dude when they came out of college. Sky Moore could be that dude, but – if you think back, when was the last time the Chiefs have had a rookie wide receiver that that showed out? I mean, Dwayne Bowe? You got to go back to Dwayne Bowe probably, right? Well, hey, here's the thing. I mean, you, <laughs> McColl hasn't really – McColl wasn't, you know, a great receiver at the start of it at all. And he still isn't, obviously. But he his yards per target his rookie season was, like, historically good. Um, and, and I think that shows you that there is something, too, I think – you know, maybe as a compliment, maybe as some, you know, a weapon that the the NFL hasn't seen yet when they have to focus on Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, other weapons around him, like that happened in McColl's first season. You know, maybe there's opportunity for him to kind of explode in that limited role where, yeah, he's maybe not getting any sort of, you know, uh, crazy volume or anything. But again, McColl's yards per target was like, it was up there with like the most anyone's ever done in a season um, in recent history. And so like, I think, you know, I'm not obviously McColl's I'm a little more big play aspect maybe than Sky Moore is, but he's he's how how dare you compare Sky Moore oh to Mikol Hardman? Right, Sky Moore is three Mikol Hardmans at least. All right. Tyree Kill's rookie season, eight hundred and sixty scrimmage yards. There we go. There, there we go. go. Okay. And that that has no effect on the what he the impact he made on special teams. But he had 860 yeah. scrimmage yards his rookie season with one start. Which Sky Moore could be the punt returner. Um, it seems like he may be the punt returner. So, well, hey, maybe we transition right into most likely to lead the receiver room in total yards after that discussion because it is a heated debate here in the AP um, chat rooms. Um, Rocky, who I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna get you here. Most likely to lead the receiver room in total yards. Who is it? It's Juju. It's definitely Juju. There is not another answer other than Juju. If Juju stays healthy, he's gonna go for 1,200 yards and 10 touchdowns. Um, him and Mahomes have are already have a copacetic link up where they're mind melded, and he's he's making the contested catches. Mahomes trusts him. He's going his way consistently. He's got the size. He's done it before in this league when he when he was healthy and when he had a, a top tier quarterback. I mean, there's there's no there's no reason to think that if Juju plays all season that he's not going to show out and lead this team, lead the wide receiver room in yards. 
Christian? It's McColl. Ah. It's not close. Oh, wow. Okay. You can't. Can it's you say not that? Close. Can you say okay. that? So it's going to be McColl because all of the routes we've seen everybody run at training camp have been pretty much the same route tree. The only one who's doing anything different is McColl with that whip route. It's the only one that's a complex route that's reading the defense. He's he, he runs the whip route, and that's what he runs. What else does he run? He doesn't run a complete else, route tree. That's why his target share has always been so low because he can't run a complete route tree. He skips steps into, out of every single one of his breaks. The man cannot run routes. I'm sorry. I, 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 he's very fast, and I like his personality. And he he is what he is. He's a he's a James Jet. He's a Quadri Ishmael. He's a he's a Raheem Ishmael. He's a he's a John Ross. Ross. He's a Kadarius Tony. Maybe not even a Kadarius Tony. Kadarius Tony's better than McCole Hardman. I mean, McCole Hardman is a is a fast guy who is a weapon, but he's not a complete player. And there's no way that he ever leads your wide receiver room. So we're talking total yards. So I'm I'm getting those rushing yards. yards well and all of those jet sweeps all of those you know quick motions all of those little bits it's gonna he's gonna be the most productive receiver in this room and so then why wasn't he the most productive receiver besides tyreek hill last year he he should have been the wide receiver too last year and he wasn't are we sure he wasn't who was who led the who was second who was second in receipt i mean i might have been i'm sure it was mccall honestly it was okay so if it was McColl, he wasn't a wide receiver too. I mean, 590 yards or 560 yards is not wide receiver two. Totally. If that's your total? wide receiver two. What's the total? His total yards, 591. Wow. <laughs> he's, he's 739. He's, oh, 739. Sorry. 2020 was 591. He's never topped 750 yards from scrimmage in his entire career. Well, the, the, the argument is that Fermicole is that he is the uh he is the leader um or sorry the most experienced player uh in the receiving room which you just talked about how hard it is sometimes for rookie receivers or just re- first year receivers in general maybe uh for them to get down the the first year offense although it's not always true with, with veteran receivers as we've seen maybe with like a Sammy Watkins um true but at the same time no I I, I do think there is something to the touches he may get um, just being that most, you know, being the, the receiver that's actually been in the offense, Andy can maybe put in the most positions, the most different positions while the other receivers, you know, maybe right at first they have to be a little more limited with what they do, what they're asked to do because they don't know the offense maybe as much as McCall Hardman hopefully does. Right. Like maybe, you know, maybe that's us projecting. Like we don't know. We've seen total miscommunication with Mahomes and McCall at times. And that's, that's what, you know, maybe because I was with you, Christian, for a long time. And I still want to be with you. I still I think I'm going to lean on being with you just because I stood, you know, I want to stand on my ground. I want to stand on my takes. I don't want to take off. You know, I don't want to change my takes too much. Rocky um, so, is so mad. <laughs> he is very mad. Listen, McCole Harmon was in a, a historically great wide receiver class. And this whole like it takes time to develop every other good wide receiver who's worth their salt in that wide receiver class got paid this offseason. But like, imagine if those same receivers were playing, and and I'm and trust me, I still think they're better than McColl. So don't take that this as me saying that. If but Terry like, McLaurin is if, playing in Kansas City, Tyreek and he, Travis, he, he still gets 1,200 yards, I think. Just, Terry it's McLaurin, just really hard to do. It's really yeah, hard. Yeah, Terry do. McLaurin, 
is a complete wide receiver. You can't tell me that Terry McLaurin's not going to produce more than McCole Hardman. You have to scheme McCole Hardman into the game. How many of his targets are manufactured touches? You're you're Maybe you're 100. Everybody. Yeah. Well, yes, that is true too. But you're right. It is McCole's game has mostly been that lately. But we have not. We we are projecting this right. It is more projection. We're not talking about what has happened, right? We are projecting that. Look, without Tyree Kill, without having that speed element that he's had, you know, in the offense, you know, McColl has to kind of step up and be some of that stuff that Tyreek's had to do. Not all of it, right? But some of the stuff that Tyreek's had to do. And so that's or MVS is. Or MVS yes, and that, and, becomes that guy. Yes, yeah. and that's where right receiver for MVS. Yeah, but I'm 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 pretty much at that point now where I've got excited over Chiefs Camp. And I'm really looking forward to seeing those kind of players that we've seen that really excelling in Chiefs camp, kind of lighting it up and getting their opportunity in a preseason game. Yeah, okay, it doesn't matter. Well, then you're not going to see those type of plays because they've no, been no. on the internet for the last two weeks. So, of course, <laughs> they're not going to run those plays. Our opposing NFL scouts are like looking at these plays all on the internet and going, well, we see that formation. We know that Sky Moore's coming out of the back. We'll see a jet sweep. Like, like Andy Reid's basically having to show off two types of Playbooks at the moment. He's got his, his show, his show book, which has been played out of training camp. Yeah, and then his behind closed doors playbook. I don't think, like, come on, like, it's not, it's not exactly secret. The NFL no. at the moment is it? What, what the Chiefs are trying to run because it's all over the internet. Well, it is, yeah. I mean, but like you said, Andy Reid's smart. He's a smart guy. He'll throw something out there that's like, oh, they'll they'll lap this up. All defensive coordinators will pick this up and they'll be they'll be scheming for it, and then they just won't use it. During the season, I but, hope so. I, I I really hope it's all a decoy now. It oh has yeah, to be I, a decoy. I, I, the thing I'm really looking forward to seeing actually this time, and I've never really looked at this um, since we had the likes of Jamal Charles. But the running back room that we've got at the moment, I think we're going to use these preseason games quite a bit more just to, just to throw in the running backs and just see yeah. what they can do on this, and and not like open the playbook as much as like you were you know as as you were saying. So. You know, watching somebody like Isaiah Pacheco, who's been really lighting it up, um, but also seeing how Ronald Jones happens and how he's, you know, adapting to this new uh, this new offense. Yeah. Um, but also Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I mean, we probably won't see much because obviously he's he's probably pretty much locked in as the RB one, isn't he? But I think the Chiefs are just going to be just running it, running it, running it, and just seeing what the you know seeing what these these RBs can do. Yeah, I think that's a, a valid point. Where you have got four quarters and yeah. you've got four or five running backs going for free spots. Yeah. So it makes sense to give them all a decent run. And obviously the, the big one at the moment is Isaiah Pacheco. Everyone's talking about Isaiah Pacheco. He is the Fred Williams of this camp. He really is. <laughs> like he is the he is the guy that everyone's hyping up. And like you need to remember that he actually has like three players ahead of him in the, in the depth chart before he even gets that like, no one's talking about Jared McKinnon. Like no one is no. talking about Jared McKinnon. Which is odd um, because he's been playing really well, especially the towards the end of last year. Yeah, he was. He was like, okay, might have been through luck that he was the RB one for his part, but he was the playoff running back for us. Yeah. He he was the guy, and he performed very well towards the back end of the season. Yet we here we are, Chiefs camp, or eight months later, and no one's talking about Jerry McKinnon. Everyone's talking about Clyde, Isaiah Pacheco. And then there's kind of conversations about, oh, will Ronald Jones actually make the final 53? Like, that's, 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 that's the big one I'm seeing at the moment. Like, is he doing enough? There's reports out there that he's doing very well in pass protection, but in terms of the other stuff, 
that they're asking him to do, he's been like not as great as the other guys. Mm. But there are stories like this all over Chiefs camp. Like you only have to look at the offensive line going into the season, right? We all know who the the four offensive line are from left tackle through to right guard. But we're looking at his right tackle position. It's like, well, who's going to be the guy to start? Is he going to be Andrew Wilde? Is he going to be Canard? Is he going to be Chris? Is it Christensen? This this guy, Christian? Oh yeah, he plucked out of nowhere, like, hasn't he? Yeah. Like I, I don't even know his full name because like <laughs> it's like I hadn't even heard of this guy two weeks ago. But apparently he's the one that's getting all the runs um, out of the ones him and Wiley. So it, it, that, that's that's something certainly to watch in preseason. But in terms of like Mahomes, Kelsey, all those type of guys, what they do, Juju, uh, Sky Moore, like you were going to see so like so few genuine plays like yeah. in the end out of the Andy Reid system this Saturday that we're really not going to be able to get a feel to, as to what they're going to be doing this season yeah yeah I mean is it worth them suiting up I mean for this first pre do you think they will I don't know if they will I mean is it worth suiting up just for one play I think they will because Andy Reid's a bit of a traditionalist yeah. and he likes the way he does things he likes to stick to the same things every year and every year he does tend to play he starts for one drive, maybe two drives in the first game, then a little bit longer in the second game, and then well into the third quarter for the third preseason game before obviously sitting everyone for the fourth one. Now, obviously, this year they don't have the fourth one, I don't believe. I think it is just three preseason games yeah, yeah. this season. So they haven't got that fourth game to then play all the guys from the back end of the roster to try and fight out for their jobs. So maybe that might accelerate a little bit and you might see maybe a, a few more drives in game week one and then like well into the second half or late into the second quarter for, for game week two and then Mahomes sits for the third game. But I do fully expect them all to play, but I just expect it to be like the vanilla v- version of the Chiefs offense. <laughs> Andy Reid's vanilla offense. Yeah. 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 Uninspiring, but just necessary. <laughs> Basically, what the Bears' offense is going to be this entire season. Oh God! In fact, should we? Have, I'm going to have a look at the Bears' roster. Right? I'm going to see, I'm going to see who uh, I recognize and and who I think is going to be a uh, who who <laughs> who. <laughs> <laughs> My God! I think their first week one game is actually going to be full of. Uh, Pre-season, pre-season starters, let's say that. So, I mean, geez, none of that in there really kind of inspires anyone, I don't think. The Bears are going through a bit of a time as well at the moment because uh, they've, they've, yeah. had some, they've had some rumblings, haven't they, of um, you know a trade request. Um, and they've had injuries on the wide receiving core, which has kind of decimated and already kind of what I would say is a poor core anyway. Yeah, probably the worst in the entire NFL. Yeah, I mean, you've got like, I mean, and Keel Harry, he's injured. Um, somebody called Velas Jones Jr., he's injured. Uh, oh, Byron Pringle. Hey, Byron Pringle. Old friend alert. <laughs> you remember, he's injured. <laughs> he's injured. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be quite fun uh, watching the Chiefs versus the Bears. Um I looking at that roster, man, I don't know if you've got the roster in front of you there, but I mean, Quarterback-wise as well. I mean, Justin Fields. Now, I quite like Justin Fields. I, I don't mind him. I quite like him. I don't think he's going to be lighting the, lighting the league up, but the backups he's got, Nathan Peterman and Trevor Simeon. Oh, wow. So if the, if the Chiefs defensive line do play any, like, genuine snaps this this week, there's an opportunity for them to at least 
gain confidence? Like, are, 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 confidence? We, expe- are we expecting <laughs> Carlos Dunlap and Carl Aftis to get their first sacks for the Chiefs this weekend? Like, surely we must be. Like, well, Nathan Peterman eats sacks for days, doesn't he? <laughs> it was definitely interceptions as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what, just, just play all the first team defense against Nathan Peterman. Whenever, whenever he's out there, he could be out there for the fourth quarter. Just stick out the first team defense. Yeah. Let them just let them just have a great time. Build up some confidence, build some momentum going into the season. Let them just go out there and just absolutely destroy Nathan Peterman. Yeah. That would be worth watching. Yeah, I mean, this it's funny, the Bears, they, they've been in. But I, I want to say free fall for some time, but is that fair to say with the Bears? Because they, they, at some point they were kind of getting, you know, they were getting the roster kind of sorted at one point, weren't they? And then, I don't know, looking at that now, I'm thinking, what, what the hell happened? That doink game. Like, yeah. That must be like the most damaging playoff defeat I can remember for any team. Like that, that yeah. they were genuinely good there. That defense was an all-world defense. That obviously Khalil Mack killing it. And then they managed to find a way to win with Trubitsky. And then obviously the kicks happen. Then yeah. they, they lose that playoff game. And then since then it's just been all downhill. The the way they built the roster has been horrendous. They've had to replace their GM. They've got is it Ryan Poles, the the former staff member from the Chiefs. He's now their new GM. Yeah, uh, they've got yeah. Justin Fields. They feel like they've got their quarterback, but just around it, there is just nothing. And like today, like well, yesterday rather, Roquan Smith puts in a trade request. Like they're, they're like they're all world, all star type linebacker, and he's just like, yeah, no, nah, I don't want to be here anymore. Like, you think he's just got a roster as well? I'm just, I'm, I'm just done. He sends it. He sends out his own note, just saying, "Yeah, I'm, I'm done with Chicago. Like, yeah. like come, come get me, Houston." He came into training <laughs> camp, and he's doing the same as I was doing. He's going, "Who?" Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> am I am I on the reserve squad? What's going on? Um, I tell you what, the Bears would have made a crack in hard knocks this year. It really oh, would have. But God, yeah. Obviously, that's the rules with new new NFL head coaches. They don't tend to put hard knocks into those teams because they want the guys to settle. Like they don't want it straight away. This media circus coming from the hard knock. And Matt Aberfus is his first ever season as a head coach. And you don't really want him to walk in, deal with that, that rubbish of a roster. And then as well as the hard knocks cameras, like that would have been far too much for him to handle, even though it would have been very, very entertaining. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I'll talk a little sky more because I want to save Karloftis for uh, uh, something we're talking about later in previewing the preseason game. But Sky Moore is going to be involved in this offense. I don't know what the fantasy implications are going to be there, but I'm sure everybody's seen the jet handoffs and the jet sweeps and how quickly they're trying to get him the ball in space. It reminds me a lot of what they did with Tyreek Hill, man. I'm going to continue to say that on this podcast. 
There's a role for Sky Moore in this offense, and Chiefs fans should be excited about that. Yeah, man, and <laughs> I know you were talking about me about Pacheco and having a yellow uh, light on. Well, it's not on. It's not here for this one. It's a green light. It, it's 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 totally green for. I, I am all in on the Sky Moore hype train, and for a reason, what you just said. And it's the different though. He's the receiver in the Andy Reid system, and the way he's already being used. I mean, they're putting him him everywhere, and. You know, I was saying, you know, I was, I was being cautious for a while. So give me credit, Aaron. For the longest, I was saying he's probably going to be the fourth receiving option, right? But you know what? I'm starting to think he may be number two, man. Oh, no. I, oh. I'm really starting to believe oh. that. Juju, number one, we know that. But McColl still hasn't put together, from what I've seen, consistent days in a row of good play. He'll look good one day. Another day he'll look like, okay, what's going on? You're not on the same page with Mahomes. You know, your route running isn't as crisp. And then obviously MBS is having a lot of drops from what I've heard. And that's been a thing with him for his career. Obviously still one of the best deep threats in the league. But I think it's safe to say that MBS is going to be the fourth wide receiver. I think we can all agree on that at this point. That Sky is ahead of him. And now it's the debate of Sky or McCole Hartman. And at this point, man, I'm going to tell you, Sky Moore is a more polished receiver than McCole Hartman. I don't think that's even debatable. Did you just say that on this podcast? Yeah, Sky Moore is the more polished. I mean, dude, look at his look at his release. Look at his route running. Look at his footwork. Look at his hands. He, he's definitely the, the better uh, technician than McCole Hartman right now. And that's not to say that McCole Hartman won't have an impact on this team. McCole Hartman's going to have a, break, a breakout year. I totally still believe that because there's still – a role for him speed you know obviously him knowing the system longer but if you're talking about just pure receiver it's definitely sky more so and and i think that that you're not alone in thinking that but i want to dig a little bit deeper we're here on chiefs coast to coast arrowhead pride podcast network we're on twitter spaces on wednesdays now uh, and Mark Gunnels just said that he feels Sky Moore is a more polished receiver than McCole Hardman, who was in a contract year. So is that more of an indictment on on what you've seen from McCole Hardman entering, which I think is for here in the league, or do you think Sky Moore has just been that impressive in camp? I think it's more so that Sky Moore has been that impressive. I mean, the, the, the catch that he made in traffic the other day, that was just special. I mean, the guy, he had, what, he had the biggest hands in the draft or something like that. He doesn't drop anything from what I from what I can tell. I mean, he's a shorthanded guy. And, like, I just keep going back to the release, man. Like, his release is really special, man. His footwork. And I tweeted this the other day, man. And I'm going to stand on it. He his skill set reminds Bill Brown. And that's something that somebody else has said as well. Uh, shout out to Yuji. He posted the uh, <laughs> Antonio Brown stats in the group chat today. But, yeah, I think a lot of people are kind of on that wave as well. Man. Well, man, and, you know, there's similar size and height and, uh, you know, the measurables. You stack them together. A lot of things look similar. Obviously, I don't think he's that A-B off the field. <laughs> but as far as on the field, I think it's a lot of characteristics to where you can compare him to Antonio Brown. I know it's lofty expectations, but I truly Yeah, I'm not going that far. It is funny because Pete hit me with he sent me that tweet on DM. Oh, my, really? 
my reply reply was just uh you know mark bayless that's mark bayless at it again man he, wow he, he, can't he can't help himself he just gets into so that you don't you don't see no similarities i mean it's camp but he hasn't played a snap yet so uh, i'm not but you i'm just saying just off the skill set like you could you could tell somebody in practice like their characteristics of how they play the game without even actually like when people saw mahomes in practice before a game they were like this guy looks different like you could tell certain players even in just practice I've said Tyreek Hill as far as his role in the offense, so I, I'm excited to see what it looks like in the preseason game. We got to keep rolling along. We got a lot to talk about here. Uh, good conversation there, but just quickly, Rashad Fenton back on, on on the practice field, activated off the pup list. We know that defensive back room is crowded, and there's a lot of young guys in there. Coach Dave Merritt saying the other day that Rashad Fenton not only brings uh, a lot of leadership, but also a lot of experience as a guy that's played in Super Bowls for his team and knows the defense well and the scheme and what they like to do. Got to be good to have him back in the fold. Doesn't sound like he's going to be playing in this first preseason game, but the sooner the better to, to be on the practice field. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, I think it was kind of a blessing in disguise as well because it allowed other guys to get more reps, especially like your Joshua Williams, right? So, and we know what Finn is. We know that he's a, a very, very solid corner. He didn't allow a touchdown last year. You know, he knows the system and all of that stuff. So I don't think it was that deal that he missed the first couple weeks of, of practice. But I think it was great for a Joshua Williams to get those reps because I'm really high on him, too. I think he's underrated coming from an HBCU. Obviously, I think people maybe had a bias against that considering the competition he went against. But he did uh, go to, I think, the Senior Bowl where he played against those guys, you know, those guys like Ohio State and Alabama. And he struggled at first, but he he held his own. I think that really helped his stock. So I, I think that will pay dividends down the road because he's going to be a guy that's going to be plugged in there, you know, as a rotational piece. And obviously we know injuries happen as well. So I, I really, really think that's the bigger thing uh, with Fenton missing time is having a guy like him get those reps. Hey, man, you stole the words right out of my mouth. We're talking three players we're going to be monitoring when the Chiefs and the Bears face off Saturday in Soldier Field. And uh, a lot of mine are rookies. I, I was going to say Josh Williams for that exact same reason. I think whether he's a starter or the or the corner, wherever they try and mix him in, he's going to have to play a valuable role for his defense. Uh, I know it's just preseason, but I feel like he – is somebody that I will be watching going into get into that game. Let's go back and forth. I don't want to go three in a row. Uh, you go three in a row. I gave my first one since we already talked about Joshua Williams. Who's your first one? All right. I hope we don't have too much of the same guys. <laughs> I mean, this is an easy one, but I just, I mean, how can I not say it? I have, it has to be Sky Moore. I mean, that's my number one most excited guy to watch. I don't have to even go. There you go. Much, I don't have to go into too much detail of why. I kind of already went on my. Sky more security there, so I'm good on that. So we, we stayed rookies. I'll go with a veteran player, and Pete and I talked about this a lot after practice yesterday. I'm excited to see Frank Clark in action, man. This is a guy who's come back with a different mentality, and I thought his tweet from last night was really cool. It was actually his first tweet, I think, uh, in over a year. Um, Frank Clark kind of kind of Oh, look at Aaron Ladd, the, the tweet watcher. Well, I mean, he he left Twitter, and, and you should know you you active in the Twitter streets. You should know a lot about what Frank Clark is on. I thought it was cool to see him say, and this is just a little bit in part. This tweet yesterday, he says, "I'm 29. I still don't know it all. I'm still growing. 
and learning life. I got plenty of room to to grow. I'm a stand-up guy. I'm not afraid to admit my flaws. Uh, I mean, it seems like he's coming back with a better mindset. We know he gave up red meat. We know he gave up liquor. Um, and we know he gave up some money in that, re that restructured deal as well to come back to Kansas City. Uh, it seems like Frank Clark is going to be crucial to what Kansas City is going to be doing against the offensive line. I want to see, even if in limited snaps, I, I want to see what he can give to that defensive line in that pass rush. No, that's a good one. That's a good one. That's a good one. All right, let me get my second one. So actually, my my other ones, I guess, yeah, he's a veteran now. I guess you could say at this point, I'm gonna say, uh, Colin Saunders, man. You know, with the Chiefs picking up Danny Shelton, that kind of tells me maybe he might be a cut candidate, man, because that D line room is pretty pretty thick now, and you know he's been a guy that hasn't been able to stay healthy. Obviously, we know that he, he the potential's always been there. I mean, the guy's a hell of an athlete, but you know, with them picking up. Up Danny Shelton, you know, that kind of a wake-up call, like, hey, Saunders, I know you've been kind of skating on thin ice these last couple of years, but we need to see something, man, because you may get cut. Man, it's been it's been interesting to hear you uh, you guys put guys on the chip block, man. We're, we're giving our, our players that we're watching ahead of the preseason game. My first two were Joshua Williams and Frank Clark, and I think I'm going to stick with defense for number three, another rookie. George Karloftis, and I think that's the number one guy that Chiefs fans have their eye on entering preseason play. Expectations may be a little bit tampered down because of the addition of Carlos Dunlap and kind of the, the 96 sacks that he brings with him, the better experience that brings with him. So maybe you're not as worried about the unit as you were before that signing, but George Karloftis still comes in with high expectations. Uh, uh, still is a guy that you're expecting five plus, six plus. I think Mark said eight on a previous podcast. You want to see him hit the ground running. You want to see what his bull rush looks like against somebody not wearing a Kansas City Chiefs jersey. And you want to see him gain ground as quickly as possible and make an impact on, on rushing the passer. So I went with three defensive guys as far as guys that I'm watching. And Joshua Williams, Frank Clark, and George Karloftis. All right. So I didn't want to go another rookie, but you didn't name him. So I was actually surprised you didn't. So I'm going to name him. Pacheco. I mean, we talked about it earlier. The hype is crazy right now. So how can you not be excited to see him in live action? And like I mentioned earlier, I think he's going to going to get a lot of playing time, uh, not only in this game, but in the second and third game as well. Yeah, I think that's a pretty obvious one as well. So I'm going to say him. But I'm going to give a bonus one, bro. I want, I want to go defense one more time. And he's not a rookie. What about Justin Reed? I think that's intriguing as well, man. I mean, you know, he's kind of that – Huh? The game, dog. You had three, and and now you want to name everybody on the well, team. Well, because okay, because it was so easy to name the rookies, so I feel like we needed to you know mix up a little bit. And you know, Justin Reed, you know, he's a new guy. I mean, he's not a rookie, but he, obviously he's a new addition to the team. You know, kind of filling in that Matthew role. I'm not sure how much he's gonna play, obviously, but I'm kind of interested to see how you know he controls that back end of the defense. And obviously, this is not the the best test of going against the Chicago Bears offense. I mean, my gosh. This may be the worst offense in the NFL. I feel bad for Justin Fields, by the way. But uh, <laughs> but I digress. I'm still interested to see him, you know, be that leader, putting guys in the right positions. and Because, you know, he talks a really, really good game. And, you know, he's a hard-hitting safety. So I'm really curious to see how he looks. Anyway, Saturday, the game is Saturday, so you have a little time uh, uh, coming up. I think a lot of when we get in these games is is what 
what you're looking for, what players you're you're watching for, who you're excited about, and at least or maybe not even excited, but who you who you just want to see. And I'm gonna let you take this because I'm gonna have to take multiple breaths to respond to you, BK, and who your number one person to watch is in this game because many people in Kansas City are allowing this to completely get away from them. Okay. Take it away. So we talked about this a little bit last time we were on the air when Ron wasn't here for the 17th time over the last month. Um, three he, times. He, yes. This, this three the best times. vacation package in the history of Vox Media. Um, That's true. I just, so Isaiah Pacheco. I have not seen him in person. I have not seen him apparently just shredding the Chiefs defense all of training camp. I have not talked to people within the Chiefs organization who have said he is basically Kareem Hunt that runs a 4-3. However, Good God. others who cover the team, notably Pete Sweeney, Nate Taylor, both of whom I trust implicitly, have seen all of these things and have heard these things from the organization Ron, i just want to see it like if he is as good as the organization is leading seemingly everybody that covers the team to believe he should be awesome on saturday when the chiefs play saturday not friday against the chicago bears because a running back who's coming in you can see the burst you can see the potential of being a big time player that should show itself at some point over the course of the game on Saturday against the Bears. I just want to see it, man. I'm not saying I am skeptical. I'm not saying I believe it. I don't know right now because we haven't seen him. And so for me, the number one most intriguing player to watch on Saturday is Isaiah Pacheco because of the amount of hype that he is getting in camp. It's unlike anything I can remember since probably Tyreek Hill's rookie year for a rookie. I'm I'm trying to think of somebody since then that's been this kind of hyped. And I remember Tyree Kill's rookie season when he was with the Chiefs. I remember Therese Paler saying he looks like Antonio Brown. And that's the kind of hype we're seeing right now out of Isaiah Pacheco. Yeah, uh, I just, oh, God. So I will oh. say... That rookie season for Tyreek, I was at a lot of those training camp practices and you could just tell like Tyreek was different. Like you could just tell when he's on the field, he looks like he is one of the best football players on the field. And I don't get to go to training camp anymore the way that I used to. So I have not seen that in Isaiah Pacheco, but I do trust what, what like BK was saying, like what these reporters are saying about him and you know, Brett Veach, after the NFL draft, they he was asked about drafting Pacheco, and Veach was strong in what he said and saying, like, yeah, we're firm believers in thinking that we can find, like, 1,000-yard rushers late in the NFL draft, which I think was kind of a shot at Clyde because they took Clyde number one in the first round. You certainly and- didn't find it at, at the <laughs> end of the first round. Yeah. Uh, but it's just – everything's there for him to be a good NFL player. Like we talk about the speed and he's got more size. He's bigger than Clyde. He's thicker than Clyde and he's explosive. And that's the biggest problem with Clyde is that Clyde doesn't look like a bad NFL running back, but when you watch other really good NFL running backs, you see the burst, you see the explosion, you see 
with Jonathan Taylor and, and guys like that. And these, these top running backs in the NFL, Clyde's just not that dude. He doesn't have that at the NFL level, but the promise of Pacheco having that is something that everybody is latching on to on top of the fact that he can pass block. He can catch passes. He did all of that at the college level. He just happened to play for a really bad college program in Rutgers. So that probably didn't help his draft stock, but I'm not expecting him to be Kareem Hunt as a rookie. That would be insane, but I think he is going to be a good player. I'm excited to see him play. I I am intrigued to watch him too because the hype has been ridiculous and out of control. Kareem Hunt, 4-3. Like here, here and here's why I'm skeptical about running backs in running backs in situations where we've not seen them in full go because listen you guys have been to training camps this still ain't full go like even if they're in pads like we're we're slowing down they're not this isn't just like he's in game so listen running backs those are the guys that look the best especially if you have really good speed all right his vision's not being tested like it would be in a regular game when they're playing the way they do. And like I, the sexy things is what people really look at a lot. Oh my God, that four, three speed. Look at that. The way he can catch it. Whatever. See with running backs and running backs on this team, it's not the sexy, right? It is the, like you can't get on the field. That's one thing when Kareem and, and remember there was speculation about Kareem and his ability and pass protection early. Like there was there was concern about that. Well, that was Alex. Okay, you you can't blow protection here, right? You can't have problems protection with protection here. And I know they have they have said and raved and feel really good about him and pass protection, but you you really cannot understand that until you get into a real game situation to see how he is going to react to that. And can we get can we just get to a the closest thing to a real game situation? before we just roll because that is the one position where you can look you running backs can look really explosive but they're not they're they're not facing what's going to happen in a real game even when you are in pads in training camp so yeah i'm interested in watching him but i'm interested in watching him how he handles blitz packages if, if they see any of that how he handles pass protection on who's supposed to come and who he's supposed to pick up and remembering who he's supposed to pick up. And if they don't go, what route he's supposed to run. Like I'm interested in seeing all of those, those little things that you have to have because 15 is the most important thing back there. And you can't mess that up. I don't care if you run a four, three, if you're Kareem hunt and everything, but if you, if you get him hit, your ass got to sit down. And they're gonna they're gonna put in guys that they trust with that. I feel comfortable with that. And like 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 I just there's a reason he's a seventh round pick, All right? Like let's slow down. I know Terrell Davis has has made it to the Hall of Fame being undrafted. And I know there are some examples, right? But let's let's calm down. If that kid was Kareem Hunt with a four three, I doubt he'd be sitting in the seventh. So I, I just I just I just want to calm myself. Maybe he's had a really good practice. I know, I know he's gotten Ronald Jones's ass cut, but I know he's had a really good practice. But like, I'm not going in here with crazy expectations of the stuff that I've read. I just want to see what kind of role he can carve out for himself. To your point on the the pass protection and everything, like, so 
let's say that he does end up showing out. Let's say all of the hype that we're hearing is is real. It shows itself on the field on Saturday, and then he follows that up with a couple of good performances against Washington, and then whether he plays or not, whatever, against Green Bay. Like, let's let's go down this hypothetical path where we leave this game, and next Thursday we're on here and we're saying, oh, boy, <laughs> this Isaiah Pacheco, this is I, real. I, and I do want to say, BK, insert, I'm not saying that the kid can't be the things that people are reporting. I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I've watched enough of it. I'm just saying, like, hold up. Sure, like, and I think it's fair to be skeptical, but the, the reason why I'm asking this is, like, Man, I'm I'm super curious to find out what that role looks like because they do trust Clyde as much as he has been underwhelming relative to what his draft capital was. Like Clyde Edwards-Alaire is a, is a solid running back. You'd like to see a little more get up and go. He only has in his career now six play, six rushes of 20 or more yards. That is super disappointing considering he was supposed to be a guy that could get you some big gains. He has not done much through the air compared to what we were all hoping for. And he hasn't been a third down running back yet at this point in his career. So where is that role for Pacheco? Is it the guy that's going to come in on third downs? Because I thought that was going to be Jarek McKinnon. Is it the guy that's going to be in on early downs? Because I thought that was going to be Clyde. That's what I'm most interested in finding out is, okay, he is as good as expected. Now what? Where does that leave him? And I I hope that that's a conversation we're having next week. But, man, I first we just got to find out if this guy can play the way that people are saying. And I, I think he's locked in as the kick returner, right? So if early season he looks explosive there and he's making plays and he's got a couple of kick returns for touchdowns or, you know, bi- big plays or whatever, then he gets sprinkled into the offense here. If he shows explosion, he's going to play himself into a bigger role. Like Jarek McKinnon's going to be the third down back to start the season. Like I'm totally confident in that. Like he and is Clyde's going to be the starter. Yeah, and yeah, Isaiah that Pacheco just doesn't is lead much be, for for Pacheco then. Yeah, yeah, it's but if he it's going to be through the special teams. I think early season where if he's making plays on special teams and looking explosive, they're going to say, okay, we got to get him on the field on offense and find a way to utilize him. And that's how he's going to be able to carve out a role for himself, that or an injury or something like that. Other than so that, he's going to be, be the RB3. Which is very possible with the guys that are potentially in front of him. So he's going injury. to be early early Chiefs career Damian Williams then, where it, it took an injury for him to get on the field and become the starter down the stretch in 2018. Is that what that's we're looking it, at? And, that, and that's if he is what you know close to what people are, are saying. Right. Yeah, I, I think there's a big trust factor. Uh, that that you have to have in that position for this team, that the coaches have to be completely honest that you're gonna you know what you're doing, and and you know your assignment. So we'll we'll, we'll see, but I, I I'm intrigued to watch it. More to dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.